Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this guy back. He is out there doing real journalism, and he's doing the hard work for the American people and has been for a long time with his organization called Project Veritas. It's James O'Keefe. James, how are you? Good to see you. Joe, it's great to be with you. It's always a pleasure to have you on. I want to start with something that is very important because your book, American Muckraker, is uh, is doing very well in pre-orders on Amazon. In fact, you were in the top 50 very quickly. But I saw a post from you on Getter today where I guess Amazon is sending out emails to people who are trying to pre-order some part of this book, maybe the audio part, and they're getting an email saying that their order has been canceled. Fill me in. What's going on with that? We don't know what's going on. I've been on... I've been on radio shows here promoting the book, and I've, as soon as I get off your show, I'm going to call the publisher, uh, Post Till Press, because Amazon is canceling orders. I don't know why this book was – it broke to number eight on Amazon. Um, all proceeds go to Project Veritas, so we're not sure what's going on there, Joe, but we're trying to get to the bottom of it and encourage people to buy the hardcover edition in the meantime. Big tech doesn't like you. Uh, big media doesn't like you. Academia doesn't like you. The left in general doesn't like you. Um, is it hard to make an assumption automatically that Amazon's doing something funny, or could this just be a glitch? Well, I don't like to opine, but I mean, th- this book is chock filled with examples of things that would evoke audible gasps from you, yeah. but not for the fact that we have evidence of it. For example, a few days ago, there were documents showing the FBI was in talks with Pfizer, that Pfizer was communicating with the Federal Bureau of Investigation about me. Why a pharmaceutical company is talking to the FBI about journalism is confusing and baffling. Why the FBI raided my home and took my iPhones because a source sent me a document is baffling. You know, why, why we live in a world where all three branches of government are not as powerful as the New York Times when you have when you have law enforcement agencies working with newspapers, working with big tech, working with pharmaceutical companies, it's just all baffling. Yeah. And you don't have to you don't have to um, uh, to speculate. Uh, we're living in a world where you have to use citizen journalism. We need whistleblowers. We need people to release information the public, the powerful institutions don't want us to release. That's the definition of a muckraker, one who releases information that powerful interests don't want exposed. Whereas the newspapers that exist, New York Times and Washington Post, the oligarchy, I call them, only release information they want you to see. That's not journalism. That's public relations. The name of the book is American Muckraker, Rethinking Journalism for the 21st Century. And it's James O'Keefe, the founder of Project Veritas. Go and support this great group, projectveritas.com. Uh, let, let's talk about, just in a very general sense, I was a journalist for a long time, as you know, TV news anchor, won awards in journalism. I get how to do the job. The initial intention when you had freedom of the press by the founders was to keep people accountable, specifically government accountable. And James, when the media becomes a complicit or an arm of the government, then you might as well throw journalism out the window. That's right. The whole the whole Jeffersonian ideal of uh, you can't elect your representatives without access to information that uh, Jefferson said the newspapers are more important than government. Abraham Lincoln famously said that public opinion is everything. Without it, you can't enact statutes. And we live in a world now, and I write about this in this book, where uh, the media has become so powerful. And tech has accelerated this trend where newspaper journalism has basically fallen out of favor. It's been decimated by big tech. And uh, I don't complain about it. I'm actually optimistic. I'm quite hopeful because I think that when you expose information in a visual way, images tend to be more powerful than than the printed word. I think human nature is such that when you give them those images, when you show them the first person First-person accounts, that is uh, evidence that you don't have to trust me by virtue of the fact that I declare myself credible. That's what they do. Yeah. You trust your own eyes and ears. You, you you can see it for yourself, and that's the only path forward. And 
we have evidence we have evidence of doing that where I'm banned on Twitter, but our stories continue to no go number one on Twitter, the platform where I'm not even on because the stories are so powerful. You can read the documents, you can see the video, you can see the people's lips moving inside these organizations when we release these hidden camera videos. When you see a story, again, it's James O'Keefe, get this book, American Muckraker. This is going to be released, I believe, in five days, uh, but you can go and pre-order it right now. Uh, when you see, uh, when you have stories like the Pfizer story, you guys did an undercover investigation where somebody from Pfizer literally says, you know, natural immunity might be better. Uh, and and uh, that, of course, is why Pfizer has a problem. When you see the ability of Pfizer to contact the FBI over what we could assume is that undercover report, do you think it's really to, to, to go after James O'Keefe and Project Veritas, or is it to tell whistleblowers, you better not do this, look how powerful we are, we can go right to the FBI? Well, it's a form of intimidation, right? right. You're, you're, you're deterring other people. And, and that's the problem in, in contemporary life, is that it's this fear. It's all about fear. That's all it is. It's all it, and this book is frankly about that issue. It's a psychological and philosophical conundrum we face because most people know it's a lie. The majority of the people inside these organizations are not bad people. They're just unwilling. They don't have the stones to blow the whistle. I mean, yeah. the Department of Justice has good people in it. I know that because we have sources there. But do they have the balls to show the people what's actually going on? Yeah, they might give up their pensions. They might lose their jobs. Hell, they might even be persecuted for it, prosecuted even. I mean, Lord knows we have. Um, I've been incarcerated for, for truth-telling. I've been falsely accused. But I think to suffer is is not always a bad thing. The first chapter of this book is called Suffering. And it might be interesting to you that a journalist is writing about that, but that's what it takes. It often precedes our resurrection, makes us more lucid version of ourselves, and it also sends a message to people when you keep going despite that, you engender trust with those who come to you. A lot of our sources, Joe, come to us now, and they know that they can trust us because of those raids against my colleagues by the FBI. We are a target for truth-telling, but they're not going to stop us by doing that. If anything, they're going to embolden us. And I think Americans have a choice to make. You can survive at any price, to quote the late Alexander Solzhenitsyn of the Soviet Union. You can maintain your mortgage and your position in, in a material sense and be and live in a superficial bodily sense. But there's more to life, isn't it? There's, there's, there's meaning to life. And I think that we have to follow our conscience. And there are so many amazing stories in this book of people, postal workers, Google workers, pharmaceutical employees who followed their conscience and survived. And those people are really heroes to me and, and uh, give other people the courage to do it. James O'Keefe, his book is available for pre-order right now, American Muckraker, Rethinking Journalism for the 21st Century. Let's quickly talk about this DARPA thing and, and Fauci and his lies in front of the Senate committee. You've got two senators specifically that I want to talk about, Rand Paul, medical doctor, Roger Marshall, medical doctor. These guys are both on the front line. They have been on the front line, have saved lives, have, have uh, done good things for people when it comes to, to, medi to medicine and health. They're asking very direct questions about gain of function, protein spikes. Um, this had to be manufactured in the Wuhan lab. It had to be leaked from the Wuhan lab. You, in fact, financed this, Fauci. And Fauci has over and over become this arrogant little guy who says things like, you don't know what you're talking about. I can tell you everything wrong with what you just said. And then he doesn't really tell them what they said wrong. And he doesn't really say why they don't know what they're talking about. What you've uncovered is that Fauci literally wanted to get this funded, this gain of function stuff through DARPA, which is through the, the, the Department of Defense, they said no, and then he somehow still got it done. And he's lying in front of the world when he's in front of these committees. What can you add to that? What did he try to get from DARPA? And when he was turned down for that, how did he get it funded anyway? 
Well, this was the uh, you're referring to a document released last week from the Department of Defense, right? Uh, authored by Marine Corps major named Joe Murphy, uh, who is a major commandant fellow at DARPA, De- Department of Defense in Arlington, Virginia, Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. And the document authored by the Marine Corps major, this is an official government document. People say, James O'Keefe claims. I didn't make any claims. Right. This is a claim made by DARPA, the go- your own government here, uh, calling uh, Anthony Fauci's testimony into question under oath. It's, of course, a, a crime to lie under oath, to perjure oneself. And the documents said that this group Eco Health Alliance approached DARPA with this bat-borne coronavirus stuff. They thought it was too dangerous, too risky, for reasons we're now seeing. Five million people have died. Right. But yet this Marine Corps major working for DARPA claims that Anthony Fauci, uh, Anthony Fauci uh, proceeded with this gain-of-function research uh, when EcoHealth Alliance approached NIAID, which Anthony Fauci was a leader of. This is completely shocking. Dr. Malone compared these documents to the Pentagon Papers vis-a-vis their implications, and the Marine Corps major was not the source of the documents to us. So the question is, why won't Anthony Fauci release those documents? He went before the Senate, talked to Marshall, said, I don't know what you're talking about, and tried to play a semantics game. There were two def- different proposals, so we call upon Dr. Fauci to release those documents. And if he won't, well, guess what? Project Veritas will. Yeah, Good. <laughs> Sources will come to us, as they often do. It is uh, James O'Keefe. Get this book, um, American Muckraker. American Muckraker. Uh, re- rethinking Journalism in the 21st Century. It's available in a few days. You can pre-order it right now. Uh, and I, I want to hit uh, on the the uh, arrest. Well, I don't know that you were arrested. You were detained, at least in handcuffs. I understand in your underwear, which was probably more information than we needed. But um, but they show up at your house at 6 a.m. like they did Roger Stone. They, they have way more people than they would ever need. And it turns out the reason why they show up at your house is because, as you said in the beginning of this interview, you were sent some documentation from somebody, an anonymous source, and you as a journalist look at that. That source, you look at the the paperwork that you get, and you make a decision about whether you'll you'll run that story, cover that story, expose that story or not. That had to do with an alleged diary of now President Joe Biden's daughter. You decided not to run with it, but but tell me just in those moments where the door is being knocked on, and when you open it and you realize that the weight of the federal government is coming down on you because you're a journalist and you receive something anonymously. Yeah, and I'm going to try to condense uh, uh, 80,000 words into 30 seconds here, which okay. is not easy to do. But right. I write about it in the book. Um, I, it's terrifying. You know, they, they pounded on my door at 6 a.m. I came to, and I'm not really a morning person. My first instinct was, I know what's happening because they had raided my colleagues. I could not believe they were at my door. They, it was like a movie. They, you know, you know, open up, open up, FBI. And I opened the door, and they put me in handcuffs. And my first impression was, I'm under arrest. And then, and then in those terrifying few minutes, I'm, I'm just thinking I'm an innocent man. I, the Supreme Court has protected the right of a reporter to receive a document, even if that document was stolen by a third party, so right. long as the reporter did not participate in the theft. Right. It's established Supreme Court precedent. I didn't think the diary was stolen. I, did, I never knew it was. And I, it appears it wasn't. It appears it was abandoned at this house by their own admission. Right. So I was just in a state of, I guess you could say PTSD, and that's a little bit of an admission of, of being me being vulnerable here, but I had been through something horrific in New Orleans. I was put in federal shackles. I was incarcerated. I spent three years on federal probation. That's its own story, another book I wrote a decade ago. So I, I was I was just traumatized. And I think when the feds do this to you, maybe that is the point. To quote George Orwell in 1984, quoting the tyrant O'Brien, that the object of persecution is persecution and to send a message to people not to follow in my footsteps. But 
I could say more and we probably don't have enough time to say more, but I think what I've learned in my life is that if you just keep going and keep doing your job, um, you know, they really can't stop you. I mean, what are they going to do? Indict me for accessory after the fact for getting a document sent to me and transporting that document across state lines. They would have to indict all journalists in every newsroom right. in the United States. That's the paragon of journalism. So if they want to fight me on that, if they want to cross that Rubicon, I think they're not going to win. I think the judicial branch of government will not allow that to happen. I don't think the American people will allow that to happen. The ACLU defended me. The Society of Professional Journalists defended me. Reporters Committee, Wolf Blitzer on the Reporters Committee defended me. Ben Smith of the New York Times defended me because even those people said, nah, this is a bridge too far. Right. You can't put journalists in handcuffs because you don't like them. You can't do that in the United States of America. And James, you could have released that. And I've heard you say you're 99% sure it was authentic, but because you weren't 100, you didn't release it. You literally could have released it, even not knowing if it was real. And and, and that would have been your prerogative as the the the, the press. You've got that freedom. Um, it doesn't really matter what the source was, unless, of course, as you said, you committed a crime to get it, which, of course, you didn't. Isn't that an admission, though, by this administration and by the Biden family specifically that they really authenticated it for you, didn't they? Didn't they just show you this must be real? Otherwise, the feds aren't at your door at 6 a.m. Yeah, I'm not sure why the FBI is involved in a in a diary. I right. don't know why. why there's no jurisdiction. It, it's it was in Delray, Florida, where this document was unearthed, the source sent to us. So I'm not sure. There's so many unbelievable questions. We've had many senators write letters to the Attorney General Merrick Garland. Merrick Garland issued an order in July expressly forbidding search warrants of this type against members of the press right. for, for precisely the constitutional crisis that is presented. You take a journalist's phones because the sources send them documents. You, you just can't do that. It's expressly forbidden. So the question is, did the Attorney General authorize this? Did the President authorize this? Why is the Southern District of New York attacking the rights of journalists. And, and, I, and I want to make one more statement about this. It's about fear. It's about the politics of fear. And the politics of fear will not prevail in the United States of America. It cannot prevail. It will not prevail. And we have to send a message to people. And we have to send a message to these U.S. attorneys who wrote in court documents, I'm not a journalist because I don't get permission and consent from the people I report on, the very definition of journalism is to re report things without consent and right. permission. So we have to send a message to, to the powers that be that fear will not prevail, that I choose to not live in fear and I choose to not live by lies, to quote the late Alexander Solzhenitsyn. I talk about that extensively in this book, and we need to blow the whistle. We need to expose what's going on. And if we continue, despite the fear, we send a message to others who are rooting for us that they can do it too. It is uh, American Muckraker, Rethinking Journalism of the 21st Century. It's available in a few days. Pre-order it right now, and I urge everybody watching and listening to go and get this and realize what, A, real journalism is, the persecution a guy like James has gone through because he's done the job right, and how powerful the people that are opposing him are. It's all in American Muckraker. Go to ProjectVeritas.com. Support this nonprofit as well. James, thanks a million for what you do for all of us, and let's do this again soon, all right? All right, Joe. I hope to see you soon. All right, brother. We appreciate you. We're back after this. Stay right here.